Hello everyone, my name is Chris Hayden. I'm the pastor at Kindred UMC, and my usual co-host Courtney is not with me to record the intro, but she is on this episode. Uh, speaking of which, this episode is Brandon Norman. He is a seven wing eight on the Enneagram. He is a overall lovely human being and uh, and has quickly become one of my good friends in this area. Uh, and he was great on the podcast, so can't wait for you to hear it. I wanted to let you know, we uh, I had an audio issue with my mic. You can still hear me through the other mics, so it's not inaudible, but uh, I'm a little quiet, and uh, this was one of our early recordings, so we have since corrected the technical issue, but it did not save my audio on this particular podcast. I also want to let you know that we have disciple groups that are starting up. We're hoping to start our uh, first one post-quarantine in September. If you're interested in getting to the bottom of Uh, getting to the bottom of uh, some of the things that have hung you up in life or separated you from other people or separated you from God, then uh, we have a curriculum that's with four to five other people and a supervisor, and uh, it's a 12-week commitment and uh, participation, whether it's by physically attending or through conference call or Zoom, Um, but participation on a weekly basis is really important, so we ask that you uh, apply with that consideration in mind. Um, but you can apply at kindredumc.com slash application, um, or you can just navigate to our website and Google us and do all the fancy ways that I'm sure you youngsters know how to do. Uh, live show is every Sunday at 6 p.m. We jokingly say live because it's pre-recorded, um, and uh, we release it every Sunday night on YouTube at 6 p.m., and liking and subscribing would help because we're when we get to a certain amount of subscribers, we get to uh, have our own URL. So please help us out by subscribing to our YouTube channel and then also check us out Instagram, Facebook, all of our social medias to stay up to date with what we're doing. And here's Brandon Norman. Here we go. Okay. (laughs) Excellent. Brandon Norman, welcome. Thank you. Joyed to be here. Glad to have you in this Time of crisis. Indeed. <laughs> Since I'm not sure about the release schedule, this is in the middle of coronavirus uh, quarantine. I'm not sure what the future holds. This might be the before times. <laughs> this could be the this pre-apocalypse. Yeah. If you're watching this in the future, hello. Alcohol was essential and we kept it. That's what really <laughs> matters. Oh, man. So how are you holding up? pretty lazy. I have not, there's like the cute graphics of wake up, eat breakfast, do your chores, do your homework. Do you like, cute graphics? there's like graphics that people have been, when school sort of shut down, of like how to keep your kid on a schedule and keep your life organized and, and like minimize some transitions. The airplane that show you what to do when the plane goes down. Perfect. Yes, but by you the see hour. see people doing the gestures. Um, I've not done any of that and it's not been helping me. Cause, so you're a school teacher. Yes. For those who are unaware. Uh, you have lots of little children yelling, Mr. Norman! Mr. Norman! Yes. How is the online learning going? Luckily, mine's a lot easier just because they're not as interested in special areas. So I just have to do like one activity a week for music. But the teachers that have been putting things on Canvas, because I'm a music a teacher, area. special area. Yeah. And while very important, 
not necessarily deemed super critical during no this STEM. time. It's no STEM and hence, therefore. But the online systems that we have set up because we're a digital school, so our, we're the first wave of schools to go digital. So we've been using Canvas like UCF uses um, to do online classes and put things online. And now it's all immediately started crashing in the first, this is the second day of online learning. And it's, it's down, taking AR tests is down. I try to get on our launch pad where all of our, like our hub for all of the OCPS stuff and it was not accepting my password for no reason. So I don't know what's going, I can't log on. <laughs> well, sounds like that's how it's going. It's a learning process, which is good. This is the week one, this was kind of expected. So we'll see in week two and three if things get better. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Somebody's gonna do something, but yeah. <laughs> email after email, this is down, that's down, this is down. Our media specialist internet was down at home and she's been like the center of the tornado. I feel really bad for her. But she's like, oh, your internet's down. Nothing is working. Everything's falling apart, but it's so fun. It's so, such an adventure. I'm, as an extrovert, <laughs> I'm about ready to burn the house down. <laughs> I, yeah. I suck in air. I've been days. very content to sit at home and not talk to anybody or do anything. How? how? Literally how? Because I'm not an extrovert. I'm an extrovert. I adopted a dog. That solved most of my problems because yeah. now I spend all my time training the dog and hanging out with the dog and talking to everybody I know about the dog. <laughs> so. This is true. Yeah. That's helped me from burning the house down. Talk to everyone I know about the dog. <laughs> Literally. True story. That's what I do. Um, so what's, what's your Enneagram time? Seven. Seven, I like seven. Seven's a good number. Seven's my favorite number. Seven is a very magical number. We know this because we've read Harry Potter. I haven't read Harry Potter. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've only seen the movies. That's fine. <laughs> I haven't seen those either. That surprises me. Uh, well, actually, it really won't when I explain to you why. Which you're going to do later because it's about me right now. <laughs> it's about me right now. Um, so, as a seven... With, with much love. So, what, so what, is, what did you identify with in the seven? What, what about the seven is about you? The seven, to me, is very optimistic, is a big thing for sevens, which I feel. Also, I feel like there's a core of, of having a hard time making choices, mm. just because all the options are so exciting and I want to do all of them. For example, I bought a scotch today and it took me so long just to stand there and stare at them and see which one called out to me the most because I could not just pick. Sometimes you got to judge a scotch by its cover. It's, I know. Sometimes you just got to pick the label you like the most. Oh, except that I had to read all of the labels. Have you ever been to Total them. Wine with Brandon? No. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> I went once, one time. You could do a whole grocery shopping trip while I just like looked at one aisle of scotch. He, he low-key like, kind of like was like, no, because I was like a child because <laughs> he would sit there reading every single label and I was trying to like take Snapchats what and entertain myself. Reading? Where they're from, their location, their age, the 
ingredients, what the tasting notes are, that it says the fun little historical facts on the bottle, what every single label from the can Total give, Wine people says. Can you give me an example of a fun historical fact from anything? Just like this. So I'll, the most recent one I had was I went and found one that had a, a royal seal. So it was like um, the Queen's own. Yeah, it was like it was. This was the prince's. The Prince of Wales is like. Uh-huh. Scotch this was his chosen scotch, and I found one today that had two seals on it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I don't know. They give two out at a time. Right? Two people said this scotch is my jam, and they're gonna sell me scotch. Or just like this is the oldest one, or the most famous, or this is from More Loch Ness, or this so, is from. So, as a seven, what would you say is the like? So, four. I would I would say that my core motivation is to be seen. Honestly, for who I am, mm-hmm. Courtney. Um, it's to to be yeah to be wanted and loved. Definitely airing more on the wanted side, needing to be needed. What would you say yeah. as a seven? <laughs> seven, as I've learned, is contentment, which I mm-hmm. feel wanting to make the perfect choice and to have the best of all the worlds and all the options. That contentment, that peace of like, ah, oh, it doesn't get better than this. And it sounds like you identify with it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it also sounds like you feel it's guilty. It's problematic. About it. <laughs> I've begun to realize that. Why is it problematic? Because I can't just pick a scotch. It takes too long. But also, like, we've talked with Preston about, like, geographic solutions to our problems. And I feel that really heavily. It's just like, maybe if I lived in, like, the super fun city or if I had a better house or if I, like, maybe I'm not in the right job. Maybe I, like, doing my job like I could do a lot better if I was doing this 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 and this I'm just not motivated so you've got a sense of like FOMO like a fear of missing out a FOMO and also of like that I've not risen to my full potential that there's lacking there in Mm self-actualization what if things could be better yeah yeah now I'm like I'm great I know that but like what could I do to make everything around me lift up which is and and the easiest, easiest, laziest possible way. <laughs> so I've heard you mention the words like perfect or like um, what was it you just said um, that like it's not only that fear of missing out, but it's that fear of not making the right choice. And I just want to throw this in there, throw this in the mix. Um, so when you were saying some of those things and using some of those key words, that made me think of type one, which mm-hmm. is the moral perfectionist wanting to do the most right. And sevens, when in stress, tend to go to take some of the personality traits of a type one yeah. on, which can mean becoming rigid, perfectionistic, critical, feeling like only you can get mm-hmm. the job done, Yeah. argumentative. Any of that resonate with you? Yeah, I think so. Um, like, even just with there being a national pandemic and schools being closed, even though I haven't been going to work, it still has been stressful and just, like, things are changing. I don't mind change, but this is a lot going on at once. Everyone else around me seems stressed. And so, like, I do feel more of that, like, ah, things need to be done right a little bit. I'm also a pretty laid-back person, so I can have those feelings and at the same time very much ignore them. (laughs) Ignore them? (laughs) Yeah. We were talking about this the other day, I feel like, weren't we? About how, like, oh, yes, I remember what it was. Um, 
a common emotion that you will express is frustration. Yeah. You you feel will, a lot of other emotions. Frustration and feel lots of other things. I have no examples like, for that. I was gonna say. Like, <laughs> oh gosh. Um, is this okay? Can I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, but I always have to ask because feet are gross to a lot of people. I don't mind. And feet are very nice to a lot of people too. So. Can another, I, can I stay neutral? Yeah, another reason to ask. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I put my feet up here? Are you into well, this? Chris is going to start an OnlyFans account for feet pics. <laughs> I don't want to send mixed messages. In case anyone's interested. Um, Anyways, frustration. Yeah, frustration. And then... Um, I, don't, I don't know. I can't think of a time. So, do you, underneath the frustration, is there? Is it like sad, vulnerable? Is it like? Uh, I mean, there's really there's only like five emotions. You can <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know. I feel like if I've been frustrated with like teachers at school, or children, or friends, or family members, or inanimate objects, or with myself. That's me. I'm, I get pissed off at objects. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. If they don't do what they're designed to do, it's all I can do to prevent myself from throwing it through the wall of the house. Um, but I feel like there's often, like, I'll be more pointedly angry at something and then just, like, choose to keep that to myself and bottle that up. Or, like, not be able to name it. Like, I'm frustrated, but I don't know why. Just kind of, like, antsy. Yes. But usually that's because I've not done something I was supposed to do and going to be in trouble for it later. Well, so, okay. Lazy, procrastination. Yeah, in trouble. Per, theme. I, I get that. <laughs> so so really it's covering, because so anger, frustration is uh, in the family of anger. So mm-hmm. the broad category of anger. Uh, I had a, I went, the therapist that I saw who was my most profound, prolific, mm-hmm. like, experience with therapy so I've had a few but this one was the one that was like ah this is what therapy is supposed to be um, she used to always say anger is a covering emotion mm-hmm. my it, therapist said that too yeah it defends mm. yeah it covers it, it protects something and usually that protection is something that you feel is going to destroy you for me it was grief mm-hmm. I, like I had to grieve a lot um, for you it might be guilt that's fair, because like, I, I feel like I don't get angry all that often. I'm, I would much rather just shut down and block all emotions out. But guilt would be the thing to come up if anything was going to come up. That's, we've seen that before. So, where does that come from? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's not, not a gotcha podcast. You don't have to answer oh, anything you don't okay. want to. And say, guilt comes from an adult, a lovely childhood, but an adolescence of growing up in the closet and growing up, yeah, mostly in the closet. Yeah, it's hard because we've, I've literally been a supervisor <laughs> in a group where we did a bunch of yes. this kind of work, so I'm, I'm biting yeah. your tongue really hard yeah, no. to not tell your story for you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I would really but like, love for you to, because I think it's a, I think, one, I think it's a, just a, a good human story for mm-hmm. anybody, 
I, I know closeted is typically a queer word. Yes. But I, I'm, I'm very yeah. straight and felt very closeted for a lot of my life. Yeah. I was pretending to be someone I wasn't so that people would like me and accept me. Mm-hmm. And I had a profound, quote unquote, coming out experience. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, not the same. I'm not trying to equivocate the experience. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think as a metaphor, as a, like there yeah. is some similarity to the human. For sure. So one, just because it's a profound, human, and then, but two, especially if anybody's out there listening, like, God, we need we need coming out stories. Like yeah. we need we have to we have to normalize. Yeah. Like the shame and the guilt and all the difficult stuff that goes on with that. Like it saves lives. Yeah. So. Anything I can do to encourage you to tell your story. Good. And again, I don't mean to pressure you into it, but I do want to open those doors wide the, open and invite. The invitation was helpful. I enjoyed being invited. Yeah, you um, were invited. Yeah, so like, guilty because growing up in a church that was liberal, as far as my limited understanding was, but still our youth group, the only like one series we did on hot button issues and the one time we talked about LGBTQ issues was you can feel gay things but you can't do gay things. Ugh, God. And so I was like, okay. I will not do gay things but I am feeling gay things (laughs) all the time. And all the time, like being in band in Milan High School is a very like machismo, like high achieving, um, like performance oriented kind of space. Did you guys have a band? Orchestra has chairs. What is band? Band has chairs band too. Has chairs? Yeah. But you and also march too, right? I did do marching band also, and so that's like a sport. Very competitive. Yeah, and yeah. so like that's a lot of tense, a lot of pressure, a lot of image. Like, that I was trying to put on, like, yes, I'm a good band kid. And there were, like, one or two, Maybe like... Maybe this can be my identity. Yeah. Which is what every adolescent totally experience Totally put that hat yeah. on. Because there were one or two, like, gay band kids, and I didn't see out. my... Yeah, like, yeah. Out, out proud, but also, very, like, they had the voice, the flamboyance, like, the dress, even just, like, not to stereotype, like, some of those very sharp facial features, like, were a little bit... Like, I was like, I don't... I don't feel like you present yourself. And I don't know if I want to identify like that yet. Right. I don't feel that way. I know I'm gay. Like that, that I figured out. But I, I, I want to draw a line there between me and them because I did feel like guilt and shame over my sexuality. And so I kind of put a, a border between who they were out and living their lives and me still being mm. closeted. Was there, did you have a sense of, uh, like, did you think um, sexual orientation was a thing that was ingrained in you, or it was something that you could, like, not to be pejorative, but you like, you can pray the game yeah. away oh kind my. of stuff? Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. I, interesting. So I have, like, very clear memory of deciding that me being a Christian and me being gay were just like oil and water in the same container. Like they could both be there and they didn't have to mix. They were just separated and right. different. And there was a clear drawn line there. And I was like, I'll just be two people in the same person. Right. That... Which sounds insane, but I think is 
the go-to human move. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to say it out loud sounds crazy, but as you say it, I'm going, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that feeling. And I just, oh, I've done those things. Yeah. I remember a, a moment of just like accepting that I was going to be at war with myself forever. Mm. And that those were things were always just going to fight. And then I got over that. I got over that in college. It only took <laughs> five or six years. <laughs> Wait, which is a long time, but also a really short amount yeah, of time. Yeah, or even, even less than that, just three or four. Like end of high school, I was like, okay, I'm accepting this and I'm choosing to still be Christian. Were there like inciting incidents? Were there things yeah, that, was that helped you along the way? Yeah, like joining Wesley um, with- Just for backstory. Courtney was a leader in Wesley. Yep. I was there UCR. first. Yeah, Brandon was a leader before I, I was. I was there first. I was a leader first. And I annoyed the crap out of him until he annoyed me a little bit. My friend. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. I used to be crazy. But some of that older. I'm so glad you got over it. <laughs> me too. Me too. But just hearing the stories of other people of like things that they had overcome and being in a welcoming environment and. Having, like, that's where I met. Oh, I realize West, people may not know what Wesley is. Wesley is, the co- is a college ministry. Yeah. yeah. Is a college ministry branch of the United Methodist Church. Um, I was in the branch at UCF. Loved them dearly. They were great to me. It's kind of like, um, my, my experience of it is it's a, it's a mix of, like, it has some youth group elements, mm-hmm. but for college. Yeah. And then it also has some, like, Grown-up church elements. Yeah, for yeah. College. It was very, it was very good, like transitory material. It was very like structure of a Sunday night youth group with like, we would hang out and play games. We would hang out just like and talk to other people and meet other people that you wouldn't normally meet because I didn't hang out with a lot of engineering kids or what okay. have you. Um, and like, but also, like we're in college, we're here to study and like learning, and that hive mind is very present. So learning more about theology and more conversation and more discipleship and groups, and also like uh, bringing more self-awareness of like, tell your testimony. What is a testimony? Like how has God worked through you? What major moments do you see in your life that God has acted in? And like, yes, you haven't done that before, but like here's my story. I'm gonna invite you to like do the same thing. And so having leaders that showed me depth and like brought understanding in themselves and self-awareness, then I was challenged and invited to go and try and follow those footsteps. Um, just having like friends in college <laughs> where I was like, I'm away from my family for the first time. I can like start to be a little more out, start to be a little more comfortable telling my story. Um, and then my dear friend, Brittany Cott, who I haven't seen in a long time, but she was like, my gay mother. She like led me through my coming out <laughs> process and she like guided me through that and like supported me and we're there for each other. And like that was like invaluable. She had been through that process. She had before. just started it, like going, coming out to her family and her friends um, and was out in, in Wesley. And so like, as she was trying to tell more people and like expand her family and expand her story, then she was like, there's something yeah, about that about college that. experience of like the opportunity to really reinvent yourself. Oh, it's, I'm mm. sorry, I just realized it's not caught. Like, she got married. Her last name's not caught anymore. Uh, well, that's okay. But, I don't know. I don't know what the rules are as far as public things go. Yeah. But yeah, we won't, we won't tell people on. who she really is. 
moving on. Because I don't know what the walls. I don't know. Are. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't know I thought about it. Not that, not that there's millions of people listening, <laughs> but um, um, so Brittany was like a kind of a mentor figure. Very so much. just because I can't help but compulsively think in story structure, mm-hmm. sounds very much like the the hero with a thousand faces story of like. Like you cross the threshold from high school into college, mm-hmm. like that's the inciting incident, and you meet this mentor mm. who, who is you know your Obi Wan Kenobi or your Yoda. Yeah, you meet, yes. Yes. You meet the guy or yeah. your Morpheus or uh-huh. you know, pick your story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and yes, like yes, yes. and then this person begins to show you the ways of the Force, mm-hmm. or begins to show you what the Matrix really is, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that checks out. Well, Quite a there's lot. a reason I compulsively think in Joseph Campbell stories. <laughs> there's, and there's a reason humans have been telling the same yeah. story for like, I don't know, 12,000 years or whatever. That is a pretty stable archetype. Yeah. It's a very pillar story. There's something um, about it. But yeah, yeah. And she was like the guide of like, here's what being queer looks like. Look, here's another queer person. We exist in the wild. Let's be friends. <laughs> Well, and even the opportunity, like, you don't have to do it the exact same way, but just seeing it yeah. as a, like, oh, this is possible. Yeah. People can exist in this whole different category that yeah. I've never even seen it's before. Like, you do it your way, I'll do it my way, but, like, we can hold hands and do it together and be there for each other. Yeah. And that that was powerful and lasted, like, that got me through three years. Um, was she Was she also Christian or was she... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because we met at, at Wesley. She was faith based. So another like, another like yeah. category that yeah. wasn't given to you as a child. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh, you're you're doing both of the things. Yeah, these two things you're, don't have to be oil and water. They yeah. can be integrated. Like her and like one or two other people had introduced me to the UMC's like reconciling ministries of like, there's church for gay people. She's like, what? Yeah. Wild. There's a whole movement. Intimidating because I do not, like, am convicted that strongly or was not. Just like, wow, that is, these these straight people are doing so much more to include me than I'm doing to include me. (laughs) That is awesome. It is so good. (laughs) Well, you know, the privilege there. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it didn't, I went to, so I went, the seminary that I went to is a fairly, conservative seminary even though it's excuse me i'm burping up dinner i apologize delicious um I reach uh, a here. little bit conservative i mean it's i i describe it as very moderate but under the methodist umbrella it's on the conservative end mm-hmm. but methodists are pretty moderate yeah generally speaking so but i remember being like <laughs> so in, in, in an ethics class or like the like theological ethics mm-hmm. in particular, we were given issues and homosexuality inclusion. Yeah, basically was one of the issues we were given, and we had you know we got the opportunity to pick a side and then and debate the issue based on theological reasoning, mm-hmm. not just like debate, but like using scripture, using yeah. and using the Wesleyan quadrilateral scripture, tradition, reason, experience, you know. Mm-hmm. All that. Um, and I, I remember being like, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one and I'll be on this side. I'll be on the left side of it, you know? Yeah. And I remember that every other person who signed up for my group had to announce to the entire room 
that they didn't actually agree with this, but they wanted to do it as an exercise. It's like, you insecure. Like, you talk Idiots. about closeted, man. Like, yeah. you guys are closeted. Like, you don't understand. Shaking in your all. boots. Like, you can't just make a choice. You have to justify to every. Like, yeah. and, and it was this weird experience of the Christian. But, again, yeah. I, the whole reason I even started that story was uh, I realized that that was one of the points in my life when I, like, I actually tangibly saw an example of privilege. I yeah. was like, oh. I actually don't care what these people think, and the reason I don't care what these people think is because I don't have to worry about them. like nobody yeah. can take things away from me. Yeah. Like, uh, and that's one of the big arguments that's going on right now in the Methodist church. Is mm-hmm. Like, we're we're taking things away from clergy who come out. Yeah. And we are preventing openly gay clergy from joining. Yeah. And like, and I know some. They're not closeted by any means, but they. Definitely keep their queerness on, yeah, like away from their faith because, because literally they will get their orders taken away. Yeah, like, like they, your they jobs and livelihoods and yeah. passions are at stake. Yeah, so so there's I think there's something to that. Like yeah, yeah these straight people don't have anything to lose. Yeah, like what are they? Gonna, what do I have to lose? What are they going to call me a name? Yeah, like, I don't care. Like you actually have something yeah. to lose. Like there are Might people who genuinely will get violent. Yeah. Like, that still existed. Yeah. I mean, it still exists now, but yeah. definitely existed more, at least when I was in college. Like yeah. that, that was a genuine fear. I haven't experienced that. And then I also sometimes feel like I'm missing out on a queer experience by not receiving a lot of privilege, or, like, not receiving that prejudice. Like, persecution? Mm. Yeah. Like, no one, like, no one's come for me. I haven't been, like, tested in the fire. It's progress, though. That's great. I'm... Because you're, you're younger than me, so like my my growing up experience was, and mm-hmm. we've made a lot of. I think culturally, the United States yeah. has made a lot of progress in a short amount of yes. time. Yeah, quickly. A way to go, but you know, yeah. we've come a long way. Now I think I think there's probably evidence of it that mm-hmm. your your main struggle, yeah. as you've described, had more to do with your feelings within your church culture and yeah. feelings with your family and mm-hmm. how can I be honest and that yeah. kind of stuff, which you know. Good for us. I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're making that kind of progress. <laughs> Way to go, America. Yeah, you know. One step at a time. I, you know, I keep 30 years. Yeah. 30 years, it won't even be a thing. I think. I think 30 years in, in, in the United States, it won't even be a question that people ask. Mm-hmm. It'll just be like, who do you like? And it'll be like, I don't know, I'm kind of into that guy, but she also looks really nice. And that just will be part of the conversation. The one thing that digs at me, like when we were doing the census and it was like, are you a man or a woman? Like, I can answer that confidently. Not everybody fits in that. And even like places that I would think would be a little more aware and like open to that information, just like really, like you still only have two options. Like, come. That come one's on. that was hard because so like in psychology, because my, my undergrad was in psychology. Psychology distinguishes between gender and sex. Yes, and I think that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Like because generally speaking, there are like hermaphroditic. I don't I don't know what the right language is, but there are people who are born with both sex organs yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, but generally speaking, those are 
very, those are not nearly as normative yeah. as people who are on the gender spectrum. Right. Mm. People who don't identify as male. Yeah. You know, Intersex as much less. Like, um, generally speaking, biologically, people are born into two sexes, mm-hmm. which is a, a fair biological question. Yeah. You know, what, but also it's kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, cause on the one hand I'm going like, it, I'm sure it affects policy. Yeah. in some way. And on the yeah. other hand, I'm going like, yeah, but it, how is that any different from asking about my, you're straight up asking about my penis. Yes. Like, right. what do you care and why does the government need to know right. about my gender? And even just like a simple, I'd prefer not to say option, which I will take every time. Yeah. Just to say like, I'm going to up your data of But there's the a difference off. between like male, female and man, woman. Yeah. yeah. So like those are yeah. very different they terms are. and mm-hmm. they have very different connotations. Like, and it's, mm-hmm. and, and you know, we're getting back into the whole ridiculous bathroom debate. Yes. Like the whole gender so bathroom like, thing. And they show yeah. these like trans men mm-hmm. who were yes. born female and they've yep. got beards and cowboy hats and Bar- they're in the ladies room and they're going, like, taking selfies and they're like, eh, this is what you want. <laughs> I guess this is what we can do. So but it's absurd. It's better facial hair than I will ever have. Get out of the women's restroom. Yeah, I know. It, but, took, it took me a while, but I finally connected these parts. Like, I used to have these little bald spots right here in my chin. Mm-hmm. And they finally have come in. It's like in 30 years, I think, like, who are you fucking? Who are you? I'm sorry, I don't know what our language policy is here. You're fine. You can okay. say fuck. You're good. <laughs> like, who I'm having sex with, like, that spectrum, I think, will not be a problem. But I, like... The growing populations of the trans community and inter- like binary community and non-binary community, and those I feel like are going to get hit a lot worse with violence nowadays. Well, some of the I think some of the issue there is because um, even if you just limit it to a binary men and women, women are an underprivileged group also. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so there's, so women have a lot to lose when we erode the gender spectrum, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like in, in this weird way, it, it, de, it, it empowers people who are already in privilege, which is white men who can identify as white men. Yeah. Like, you know, and I say that as a, like, I've, I've never had that problem. I've always mm-hmm. been okay. If somebody asked me about it, wouldn't bother me. Like I just, I have no horse in that race because I know exactly, like the 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 world handed me a story, yeah. and it happened to perfectly fit. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I never had to do really any work at all to figure that out. But well, I won't tell anyone else's story. But someone very close to me who is in my ex- relationship with this person has come to understand that they are bisexual, like. Even that little journey mm-hmm. of a, and, and culturally more accepted for women to be bisexual happens to be a woman. Like even that little journey is was kind of like oh shit I have to, I have to do extra work to figure this out. Yeah, <laughs> like this story wasn't handed to me. Yeah, you know I gotta read. Like, I gotta put in a little more work for that. Yeah, the the figuring out who I am and 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 like what category I'm in. Mm-hmm. And and I I get how categories are damaging and harmful but they're also very very helpful like having some categories for especially for adolescent people who are figuring out who they are and yeah what their life is going to be about like 
going to a menu and asking like, there's no menu? Like, I don't know what, what are my options? What yep, can I do? We got chicken what is happening over here? Yeah. Right. I don't know. But then just do like. Do you do steak? Yeah, we do all kinds of steak. What do you want? <laughs> no, uh, no idea. Yeah. But then sometimes, you know, the things that are off the menu, the, the secret hidden options are sometimes the best ones. Well, yeah, and you can't categorize everything. But but there's also, and this is, I, I'm, I talk to my, I do circles in my own head about this. <laughs> because like categories are, human beings think categorically, it's a survival mechanism. It's the way our brains work. It's, yeah. it's helpful in a lot of, it's yeah. far more helpful than it is damaging. However, it can be very damaging. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. like we can, I mean, like almost every major thing that we have a problem with is rooted in our tendency to categorize. Is this safe? Is this not like safe? Racism, sexism, homophobia, like, mm-hmm. like all of the isms that we are problem. Yeah. I mean, look at even just growing up in a normal, like high school, middle school, adolescence, like we, it is instinctive, just like it's, it's in, just like it's instinctive for dogs to bite, it almost feels like it's instinctive for us to like put people in boxes and tell people who they are and like make harsh judgments without necessarily knowing who that person is or what they're passionate about. Yeah, yes. And also, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have the category of theater kid. I'm with you in that, like, for sure. I, I it's me with debate my tribe of theater kids mm-hmm. and I needed to have that category that I could try on safely and like wear for yeah. my adolescence. And then by my senior year, I started to erode those boundaries by my senior year. I started going, I don't understand why there's nothing I, that's stopping me from like running track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I could, oh, I could totally, and like I could, I realized, oh, I, I am not bound by this category. It, it's here to help me. Yes, I enjoy performing. I like theater. I like music. I like, I'm into that. And also, like, I like being outside, and I get along with the track kids. Were the nerdiest of the jobs <laughs> by far, you know. <laughs> like, but That's like, fair. I get along with with these people too. Like I, I can, I can hang with these. And there was a lot of, there's actually a lot of overlap, oddly enough, between like the kids who ran cross country and track and the musical theater kids. And that was why I chose to try out track my senior year. It's like, well, I know, I already know a lot of these people. Let me just go try and see what yeah. this is up. We well, ended up, up with this? having yeah. a lot of overlap with our choir program. And yeah, so we did that with choir like, and theater. That one year, the choir, the year before, the choir director stole all the band kids. He's like, "You are all doing choir now. It's going to make you better instrumentalists, and it's going to your instrumentalist is going to make you a better vocalist." And so, like, eventually, I got on that train and like tried musical theater for the first time, and that was fun. Didn't go anywhere, but it was fun to try. Yeah. And so, like, having those Venn diagrams start to overlap, I'm not sure I would have jumped outside of my band kids circle. Well, if, you're without still that. But yeah. then, like, you get into college, and all of a sudden... Like, uh, I can be good at stats. Right. Yeah. You can just, like, yeah. I can, can do math. So I was always, like, a, a slacker, you know, not quite a B student in high school. Mm-hmm. You know? on that. Yeah. Sounds about right. I was and, grounded and it, every other day for yeah, bad grades. and my mom wasn't present enough to ground me. Like, like, she would ground me, but come on. Like, what? Yeah. Like, that's not going to stick. No. You, the, tomorrow, no. this will be fine. Um, 
But so I so I didn't do great in high school. And I remember though when I went to college, like I didn't I didn't very well in college. I didn't. In fact, I stopped buying books to save money because I realized that all I had to do was go to the class and listen to the lecture. And then I, I and I would and I did excellent in college. I got amazing. And I in fact one of my like defining moments because I was a very insecure. I always had a like imposter syndrome. All of my friends were very smart and came from like good homes and had supportive families and got good grades and all went off to college and I went to community college and felt like a failure. Hmm. Same. Yep, me too. And I remember the first time I went to it, I like I went to a study group and I was surprised that they were studying because I never studied. I thought study group was because you know everything I learned I learned from TV because I didn't have any parents to raise me so like I thought the world worked how it does on TV and so I went to a study group thinking like oh this is like the, where there's going to be solo fun. cups and making yeah. out and this and that and I went there and they were all fucking studying <laughs> books open like, what <laughs> I remember having to quickly do the math in my head so that I didn't say out loud. You guys are studying? Like, I had to, like, oh, and internally I had to go, oh, shit, they're actually studying. <laughs> like, that, like, you have to readjust all of your expectations for how this evening was going to go immediately, right now. Right. Really you quick. have to stick around for at least an hour and study now. And, yeah, so, like, that whole concept of thinking I was in this category, going to college, and realizing that those categories are kind of like facades that mm -hmm. yeah. not facades because because they are helpful they are there the categories helps me a lot but they're also like they they're not meant to be boundaries or at least they shouldn't be boundaries they, somebody might need them to be boundaries but that's not helpful when they when they're boundaries um and like recategorizing myself as like oh no i'm smart i'm good at things I have things to offer. That was a whole new idea for me coming into college. And it sounds like for you, like there was a lot of that too, like the opportunity to redefine yourself. Yeah. Can I, can I connect those categories to sure. Enneagram types? Yeah. Love it. And Do how it. people exist in those Enneagram types? You can try. Or are expected <laughs> to fit in those Enneagram types? Because Corey sent me a post that I was like, this is funny. Some of this is applicable and some of it's not, and yada, yada, yada. But. The just, I don't know, can we shout out? Can I say the, sure. the, the so uh, in related post to just my Indian type and I look through the sevens. I just feel like I get this from you sometimes. And I feel like Preston might get it too, of that the seven is expected to be the fun, the exciting, the loud, the life of the party. And so their whole like, apologies for a seven like we're sorry for always expecting to be life at the party i was like hmm interesting <laughs> do you Not, feel that way sometimes that you're supposed to be the life of the party sometimes of when it's only because i hang out with you a lot you say this a lot like brandon's always like the sassy one he's the funny one he's got the quips he's got yeah. the jokes i'm just like not all the time, but I feel like that expectation is there. I, I must they keep coming. I know, right? Like, <laughs> what, what, what do we say next? Um, just like sometimes that does, like, oh, I like, 
that's a new category that we've kind of like put into the people around us. Yeah. And just like, yes, it helps a ton. Like understanding myself, my motivations, like decisions that I make and communications, great things. Have loved and loved learning about it. But then like where, how blurry are those lines? Do we get to move outside them? Is it only in stress and growth that we change our personalities? I don't know. I, so this, it's one of the reasons I like Enneagram is because it's not about personality as much as it's about core motivation. Yeah. Right. So like there's a lot of different kinds of, in fact, I think this is a very four thing to say, uh, <laughs> but I, I think I'm a very different kind of four than most fours I meet. Yeah. Um, most fours I meet are far more artsy. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge thing for them. And like, I'm a musician and appreciate good art. Mm -hmm. And I get, like, ask my wife, I get obsessive about story structure in movies. And like, we watched Ad Astra the other night. By the way, good quarantine move if you have access to it. Steal a projector and a screen from a church (laughs) and set it up in your living room and watch movies. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's. That's, and we watched Ad Astro after I had like rigged it all up. That movie is such a piece of shit. <laughs> I, I hated that movie. It looks gorgeous. It's great to watch on a screen. Yeah. But it, it's like story-wise, it's just an, so like I can get into that artsy place. Of like, yeah. This art sucks. Yeah. And that's art. That art's true. And the, yeah. Like I can't, but I don't naturally go there really. Whereas I feel like most fours I meet are very like, they're painters and they're bohemians. I have to express myself. Yeah, and they wear bright, colorful clothing and they have to, and they like have an accent for some reason, even though they've never been outside the country. Yeah, I can can identify with that too. Like a lot of twos, like I'm very typical type two to a T, except for, um, I feel like a lot of type two, which Brandon, you're going to laugh at this. A lot of type twos get painted as like, the people that are going to be the first people to volunteer to like do the dishes and do chores and like are very and like I'm very helpful in a I want to connect people way like I'm very like front of housey like let me talk to you let me help you supportive ask me to do the dishes or do chores or like cook and I'm sorry like that's not my gifting and I'm out and like a lot of what you read about type two is Type twos are caretakers and nurturers, and they're the first to offer. They'll yeah. do the dishes because nobody else uh, wants to do them. No. And I'm like, <laughs> give me your puppy, but don't make me the dishes. Right. Like, I will care for you, but I will not do your dishes because I don't. Yeah. So I think a lot of those much. like posts mm-hmm. that you're talking about, like in these categories, we have to remember, like Chris said, the enneagram is about motivation and mm-hmm. that. Enneagram in itself as a concept has so many layers to it. So you have your initial number with your wing. You have your initial number with your motivation. Then you have your wing. Then on top of your wing, you have a subtype. Then with that, there's an aerial of integration and an arrow of disintegration. Then if you want to get real into it, you can have a tri-type. So at any given point, I'll use myself as an example. I'm a two wing three. I'm a social subtype. I go to a four when I'm growing and an eight when I'm stressed. And my tri-type is two, six, nine. So that's two, three, four, eight, six and nine that's six of the nine numbers that i identify with in some capacity yeah and so i think like 
every single person, like you don't just have one number that you're tied down to. And that's something that we have to be careful about because like it's mainly about motivation and understand that there are other personality traits and habits that you can tap into, but that doesn't necessarily define who you are. It's just like, hey, you might do this or you might be this way. And like, maybe we can talk about what that looks like. Well, it's kind of like the, so the criticism that is usually leveled is exactly what you just said. Oh, so six of the nine that you identify with. But again, we come back to the category thing. Like, yes, six of the nine, but having those nine categories is very helpful. Right, and my motivation in all of those six stays the same. Yeah. My personality might shift a little bit in some of the things. Like, for example, so when you get really into Enneagram, you have these things called tri-types. And so type two, that's a heart stance. But you have a heart stance, a head stance, and a gut stance. Like, you're a seven, you're Mm -hmm. a head stance, which means you think with your head primarily. You and I are twos and fours, that means we're heart stance. But you use those other numbers... Uh, you use those other stances as well. So there are times when I think with my head and there are times when I think with my gut. And when I think with my gut or my, when I think with my head, I absolutely 100% act like a type six. Yeah. And type sixes are very anxious. They're very, I have to have a plan. I have to be prepared. My motivation is still needing to be wanted and loved. But anyone who knows me knows that when I get stressed and I get overwhelmed, my anxiety goes, and I absolutely have to have that plan of action and I have to be prepared in order to calm myself down. Doesn't change that my motivation is I still need to know that you're with me and you need me in this. I just... It's, it's like strategies on how you get that motivation met. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's at different points, you're going to take on different traits of different numbers. So do, do you know what your wing is? Or your wings are? Or I, whatever I have a seven wing, wing eight social subtype likewise which has a very interesting was a counter type for the two that i thought i was for a long time identifying as the helper i will do your dishes i do need to help i like like to be involved and supportive and and do the thing that no one else is doing in fact my my wife and i have often said like you're you're the kind of person who is like are you moving i'll help what I, literally I'm totally what I, good at moving. Two days yeah. ago, I was <laughs> like, oh, this person's moving? I'm coming. Tell them I'm going to be there. Yeah. And then I was the best helper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so to explain countertypes really quickly, just because we're using some language that other people might not mm-hmm. know. Um, so because you have subtypes, which we first, I guess, have to explain that. A subtype means you're either a social person, a sexual slash intimate person, or a self-preservation person. Um, And it's all based on which of those relationships you prioritize the most. Now, those stack. So for Brandon and for me, like I'm a social subtype, but then my second would be sexual intimate and my third would be self-preservation. And I use all of those instincts at one point or another. My main thing that I care about though is my network and my social relationships. So because subtypes exist, you actually have what can be a countertype of each number. So Brandon being a social seven is the countertype of what a type seven looks like, meaning that he can often mistype as a type two, which is the helper type. And exactly what happened for a while. It was like we could not choose between the two. I felt both of them very strongly. But then there were, I I couldn't tell you what those details were, but that seven wing eight was like, oh, 
Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> That's like the so the sleeping at last podcast that where the guy wrote songs for each number. The four song couldn't care less. About. You're a four counter type. I just couldn't care less about it. Yeah, but that one song, the, the number one song, mm-hmm. the first time I heard it, I was just like that that quiet crying. Where you're not actually making any noise, you're just lip, your lip is quivering, and my lip was quivering, and like tears were just were falling. slowly running sliding. Down. Like, yeah, yes, he gets it. Finally, he understands me. Meanwhile, I hear the type two song as a type two, and I'm done. Chris thinks it's funny to like play it whenever I do something that's like very like typical type. Whenever I care too much and I'm mm-hmm. too invested, yeah. he'll just start playing it. It's when, it's when, I mean, I, I don't do it now anymore, but there were a couple, there was a season there where you were like actively saying things about like, this is an exaggeration, but you're like, I don't know, maybe I'll just cut my hand off for him. Like he can use a hand, so I'll cut my hand off. Yeah. I, I can, I don't need my left hand. I, well, how often do I use my left hand? How I use my left hand like 40% of the time. I can get by with just my right hand. I'll just cut my left hand off. And, and then I would start, I would pull up the song and start playing it on my phone. Excellent. <laughs> but you definitely take on the helper parts of two that I struggle with. Brandon and I actually became close because when we were in Wesley together, um, Brandon was the captain of the Tuesday night team, which was like the cleanup Set kitchen. Up, it was brew, supposed kitchen. to be setting up worship experiences and like creative planning and creating a worshipful space and we got stuck with the things that no one else wanted to do and our our pastor had put me on that team to kind of like grow me massive air quotes (laughs) try and grow me in the areas that i needed to like work on because i'm not that way and so Brandon got stuck dealing with me making excuses for leaving early or not being there yeah. on not got stuck working with her that didn't happen that I got stuck with the excuses of <laughs> I'm not gonna make it I'm so sorry <laughs> with love it's okay I'll take it I know I was a little asshole it's fine <laughs> and it's just Something so I, I funny learned, I can't remember John Legg taught it to me. We love him. John Legg, who is my youth director and then pastor and and mentor and friend. Uh, but one of the things he taught me when I was I was working for him as his youth director is he was launching a new church. And he was like, you can absolutely fire volunteers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because they're volunteering doesn't mean you can't fire them. Right. Yep. Well, and here's the thing. That wasn't the only thing that I was doing. At that time, I was also running Freshly, which was the most uh, demanding community group of all the community groups. It's, so there's something like, is so there's a weird thing in how we tell the story because probably the best thing that could have happened from an objective standpoint sure. is you should have been fired from that team. Right. Because you hated it, didn't want to be there, didn't like doing it. The fact that you were on the team caused problems for you because you knew you, you were like, well, 50-50, Courtney shows up. And they have to deal and, with her. Well, but I wasn't down. the only one. It was well, like that whole team. But because of your type, probably, if you had actually been fired, there's no way you would have seen that as a good thing. Oh, right. 100%. <laughs> it would have been devastating, I'm sure. 100%. You know? Well, it's like when I applied to be on Wesley Leadership and got told no. 
like right very simple but anyway this is verging into about me and it's not about me it's about you we became very good we became very good friends together through that experience i think that those were parallel events Okay, let's talk about college, Brandon. <laughs> we talked a lot about adolescence, Brandon. I think they helped Brandon. each other. I think, I think they were at that same tracks. time, you were hanging with Hoover. You were at my apartment a lot. Our our friend group was like centrifugally forming itself in out of space dust. Was, was I'm not going to say that being on Tuesday night team was a highlight in our relationship. <laughs> no, it's probably a low point. And I think that was it was very budding. Budding. Yes. Budding. Budding. Not budding. Not budding. It was emerging of like, oh, we are spending more time together now in multiple different fronts. (laughs) You're not helpful here, but we have fun over here and we drink a lot and it's a good time. (laughs) And those I compartmentalized. Like oil and water. Because I'm good at that. We got into a lot of trouble in college, the two of us. In a... Okay, you <laughs> felt like you were in trouble, and I feel like we had not even scratched the surface of what good, fun college trouble looks like. That's true. We uh, we we did. You we guys did keep some talking things. about it. I have to okay. go one, go blow my nose, and then two, I'm going to get a new drink. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Very the cool. one time that we like hopped into the pool in our underwear oh was like God. was like the depth of your college scandal. That's true. And it was like, it took us two years to get here. It took us two years to get in the pool in our underwear. We have so much more to explore. Yeah, that's true. I do feel like that was like a time for sure. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that was a time. But like, I feel like after college, I started to explore more of that. Oh, let's go out even like, with you, let's go out drinking, let's yeah. go out have a good time, let's go experience more things. Very seven of me, I'm like yearning for the experience, I'm yearning for all of the options. One of those graphics was like, Epicurious? Yeah. Epicurious? Oh my goodness, what a fun word. <laughs> like, yes. I like, don't even know what Epicurious means. Like, you... um, so, I think Epi, like, like, like omnipresent, okay. but like, in like encompassing all things ah. epic, like, um, I'm gonna, I'm, that's like encompassing, like encompassing no, I, all I sorts of it. things. I think I like, curious, like curious about every single little thing. Yeah, you have like a genuine curiosity for life that not yeah. a lot of people have. Like, I want to know all sorts of things and do all sorts of things and do them well, and that's not possible. Like experience. Yeah. And the way you experience things is very important to you. Like, to me, I want to. I want to have a whole like encompassing authentic experience like it like traveling with my family is something that we've been practicing of like not doing the touristy things but i'm curious about like what life is like like what's the hometown what's the back road what's the off the beaten track thing right that we can do that's going to make this more interesting and more like alive and realistic so do you feel like all the traveling you've done has shaped you oh for sure for sure for sure and like much credit to my parents that that they understand and I think we're semi-intentional about of like doing mission trips every year and going new places, interacting with people outside of not only my social group, but also outside of Central Florida, outside right. of like, I mean, Orlando has a, the whole gamut of yeah. Orlando's people something. and poverty levels and 
Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal's house and whatever. <laughs> but like going to inner city Philadelphia, going to like downtown DC and working in Needle Park and picking up needles off the street, like that's not an Orlando thing. So right. having all those experience in youth group and also road trips to see family and experiencing new places and family vacations to the beach or to New Orleans or to all like different places um, were what we would save all year for and definitely yeah. were a building block of my childhood. And I'm like me, old, the oldest of my three siblings was like, hmm, now I wonder like, how do they feel about having traveled so much? My youngest sibling was not able to fully appreciate all the travel we did. He spent New Orleans in the hotel room because he's a whiny little something-something. I hear, like, frustration in your voice when you when you talk about that. You want to say more about that? <laughs> Not about, like, him, but yeah. about how that makes you feel. You know what I mean? Like, I can hear it. Um, yeah, like, I know that my parents worked hard to take us places, and I know that it takes a lot of money to go places. So, like, and we were all just like, buddy... We're in New Orleans. Like, when are you going to be in New Orleans again? Come hang out with us. Don't sit in the hotel room. Don't, like, don't do that. New Orleans is my favorite, favorite place. I know. I like. And homeboy sat in the hotel room for a whole day because he was probably, like, 13 and was tired of being around his family and his siblings. <laughs> and that's totally fine. Like, I get that. I was not an empathetic adolescent. And it's like, and we ragged on him and it's fine. But like, yeah, I like, I, as the, oh, I do love getting into some birth order shenanigans mm. as the oldest child. <laughs> I'm also an oldest child. <laughs> I do want my siblings to appreciate like what I see that my parents are doing, assuming that they don't see that because they're younger. Sure. And so at that point, like, that was a very specific moment where it was just like, you're being so whiny. Fine, shut up and stay in the hotel room. Like, you're lost. We're going to go have fun. Um, but, like, that's a theme that I think was through my childhood of wanting to be in charge, wanting to be respected, wanting to make sure my siblings took care of things. Because to me, like, material things have a lot of weight. Like, if they bent a page in a book like I was livid those had so much value to me and like sentimental and monetary and otherwise but like no you may not sit on my book get your disrespectful ass off my book and that's oh, super <laughs> never that's super <laughs> interesting because you are not a super materialistic person at all no you're but very minimalist the key to minimalism is the things that we have around us no. have importance they have real value that's very interesting and so like to me books were the highlight like i almost uh, cried when somebody Mary or marie kondo marie marie kondo that's like some marie kondo like, it brandon's sure is. a minimalist to Those... the point where he didn't have a headboard for his bed or a, like a, not a headboard the frame a bed frame because i was inspired by japanese culture and had a shiki bhutan i had a on the floor mattress because I lived in a small apartment with a wood floor and had no closet and no space in my little room. So I was like, oh, this needs to be a multifunctional space. My first apartment that I, with roommates, I 
so one, I had a rough home life. So like when I moved out, I was like, I'm never coming back. Mm -hmm. And so I picked the, that was me and two other guys. And I picked the smallest room. <laughs> oh, is it too strong? No, I just wasn't expecting it. Um, I made it for Courtney, actually. No, this, the elderflower in this one's better than the first one because it's more sour. It is really good. Rather you than like sweet. It? Okay, yes. good. I like it. Yeah. Like it. Good balance. Good um, surprised. I mean, I'm just winging it, you know. Um, but the, uh, so my first apartment, I picked the smallest room mm -hmm. so that I could pay the least amount of rent. <laughs> I did and, that too. And I had a double bed and, a, and the closet, like with the slidey, yep. the, not the like open doors, but, and not like a sliding glass door. No, what do you call like it? The, little, like the closet foldy kind of folding. Yeah, they fold. It's accordion like doors. Yeah. The little folding accordion doors. Accordion kind of. I took those doors off the tracks and put my bed into the closet. <laughs> what? The head of my double bed fit perfectly into the closet. And so I put my bed in the closet and then had my, my desk at the foot of the bed and my TV basically above my computer, like so that I had computer at eye level, TV up high, and like you could, I mean, you could barely scoot around in that room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I had a guitar amp because I was playing in a bar bands, and so I had my guitar amp in the corner, and then I, and then I had a dresser also, mm -hmm. and uh, and then whatever I could, whatever I had to hang fit on the sides, of the closet part. It's like. Yeah. Behind the wall, you know. <laughs> yeah. He had a very small room too, but That's I just had small. a twin bed, and that saved me so much space. No man, I need yeah. that double bed. Well, I had a shiki Bhutan and I just rolled it up when I wanted more space. Needed that double bed that's for lady friends. Magic. I bought a double-sized floor mattress with that exact hope. With a what? Like, a, I bought a double bed hoping that I would have people coming over oh. and staying in that bed. Just on the off chance, did not work out for me. But Even though your New Year's resolution for 2017 was eat more, drink more, have more sex, rock and roll. It was. That was great. End quote. I did two that out of three of those quote. things. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But it's a eat journey. as much as you want now. It'll go away one day. It went away from me. Oh, yeah. Shall I tell you what the pan of brownies that I ate in two days? They were delicious. Just say, just, I mean, <laughs> people used to say this to me, but it never really got through. Really seriously. It, like, it, it's so weird how quickly it happened, too. I, I mean, like, I, I went from trying to shove as many calories into my face as possible to gain weight. And like training myself to be like, finish your plate, finish. I know you're full, finish your plate. Like I'm trying to gain weight, I'm trying to gain weight, I'm trying to gain weight. To all of a sudden being like, oh, gaining weight's very easy. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> now I have to oh. readjust all of my instincts. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I still have an easy relationship with food and just having quick mm -hmm. metabolism and it still goes away pretty quickly and I still... Like, I enjoy being vegetarian and eating relatively clean, fresh. And I do, like, today I was like, wow, I've had three meals. This is good. This is the amount of calories a person needs to survive. This is how they do it. They eat multiple meals in a day. I, see, I, I do the intermittent fasting. 
Like, I do not eat breakfast. That's true. I, I try, and I don't always make it, but I try and wait till 2 o'clock before I eat anything for lunch. When I eat something for lunch, I I try and avoid any type of car. Like, it's all either protein or vegetable. Like, yeah. it's not any starch or carb or anything. And then for dinner, like, and in fact, my wife and I, we've committed to, like, we're not going to do potatoes. We're not going to do rice. We're going to do corn and cauliflower. Mm. And it works for us, and, we're, and it's working. I have not seen much of a difference. <laughs> I'm doing all of that, and still, yeah. of course, I am. I'm literally pouring sugar water into my face as I say this, so that white claw. Yeah. Say so, yeah. Claw. No. Maybe, maybe I should Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. Only two I, grams of carbs and zero sugar. I did see. Some, maybe I'll switch to white claw and see what happens. Do it. <laughs> There was so a baking. I was looking at baking recipes, and she was like, "Or truly is truly." White claw is better than truly. White claw is significantly well, she, well, she better. She likes truly. No, she just said the other day she likes white claw better. Truly has a bad aftertaste. Does it? Yes. Is it so? It's a taste thing, but it is truly still the same. It's the same concept. White claw is okay. better. Hard seltzers. Right. Okay. But this post was like, like skinny girl lifestyle. Like either like dessert or alcohol, never both at the same time, and like Mm-mm. dessert's not a temptation for me. Uh, oh, yeah. dessert is a temptation for me. I have a disastrous I've eaten like six cookies tooth. today. Maybe like twice a year, I'll get a craving for like a bowl of ice cream. You and Matt, you and Matt both. I, Matt always gets mad at me because I tell him he hates dessert because the only dessert he'll actively choose to eat is pie. Pie is good. Ugh. I, I like a good key lime pie. Key lime and apple, and that's it. I'm tapping out. Apple with ice cream would be great. Yeah. I love all dessert. All cookie, all cakes. Uh, I'm a potato chip guy. Oh, see, I I, could... I'll murder half a bag of potato chips. I couldn't care less about potato chips. I wouldn't even think about it. Yeah, no. You'll just... If, if like, if there was an open bag of potato chips right now, it would be empty. I would have eaten it all by now without without (laughs) even thinking about it. I wouldn't have even decided to do it. It just would have happened. And then I'd be like, oh, no. Oh, that's why my tummy hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Potato chips actively frustrate me. Like, I actively think that they are a waste of time and space and energy. You're correct. (laughs) That is correct. And it just drives me nuts that someone would chop up a like perfectly fine potato into the little only, pieces. The only thing that potato fry chips are it good for, and put it in a bag of air. The only thing potato chips are good for is if someone's like carb deprived and they desperately need. We're like, hold on, we gotta get calories in this person's stack. It's like the potato chip version of scurvy, <laughs> and they need potato chips now. We gotta, we gotta get this this starch in her. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't. Potato chips like, and. Um, like any 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 potatoey French fries, yeah. Doritos, corn chips. No, nope. I chips. don't care about Doritos. Hell of a good dip. Oh man, oh, I do love that. Hell of a good. I do French fuck with some dip. good French that's, onion dip. That's nice. I could murder some charcuterie. Some like some, here's my go-to charcuterie. Uh, the club crackers, the in the green box. You know those buttery good ones mm-hmm. that are way bad for you. Very bad for you. Spread some hell of a good dip on one of those. And then, if you're just phoning it in, slice up some roasted turkey <laughs> or ham or whatever, you know, lunch meat. But if you're really doing it, fucking prosciutto, salami, something like nice, fine, cured, 
Put that on there, and then a good sharp cheddar. Oh, man. that one got me too. The sharp cheddar? No. You guys are. <laughs> I'm sorry. So one of the Enneagram accounts so, that we follow. You have to put your finger so it doesn't go. Does a how are you doing? Like a healthy, average, unhealthy check, well, self check? Talking about, oh, don't comment on it. I'm not. <laughs> and then just, if you swipe up, it'll pull up the thing. Um, talking about like food and eating relationships to food and like feeling like an Enneagram, like interesting, like. Enneagram numbers, relationships to food, but that's so individual and personal. So sevens. Is there a thing for that? Um, not with food specifically, ah. but sevens deadly sin. So every type has In like a. What is, he's a like head. How am I thinking? Oh, I don't know what that's mind. about. Like how, it's body, like mind, heart, self, others. It's like self. How self? How am your I feeling? Your relationship with your body, your relationship with your head. Yeah. Right. Um, and just like as a seven, just like the relationship to food and like. I just want to eat all of the things. I want to explore all the options. So seven's deadly sin is gluttony. So like two is pride. Like I struggle bad with pridefulness. Envy, dude. Yeah, envy when is they, yours. When I read it, I was like, yours is you got me. gluttony or lustfulness for things. Which I don't, everything I see about that, I don't, it doesn't hit me. Well, it's the overindulgence that you were just talking about. So like, I am usually restricted in the fact that I am pretty frugal. I don't like to spend money. I don't overconsume food. I am very strict about, like, I'll eat one thing. Let's talk about when you're stressed. When I'm stressed? Yeah, when you're not in a healthy place. Maybe, like, television or social media, and I'll sit and waste time. It's the procrastination. That procrastinating? would fall into the Is that gluttony? If yeah. that's gluttony, then fuck me up! Procrastination! It's, it's overindulging and you know you have this much time to do watch TV, be on your computer, whatever. If you're watching it for seven hours, I okay. I, I think I have a good hunch about gluttony with yeah. you, but oh. but it it betrays confidence and stuff that you've talked about. So I don't want to say it for you, and I don't want to pressure you to say anything. But to just I I'm what I'm getting at is. I think it. I think it does fit for you, and we can talk about it after the podcast if you want. Because like procrastination, with procrastination, there's like inherent. Like my mom's great at procrastinating, but she'll say, "I have this much time. I wasted it. Now it's time to buckle down and do it." And I have a really hard time doing things. I don't finish the task. It's due at midnight. I will wait till eleven fifty-eight and say, "Well, too late. Shit. Failed. Next." Yes, I think that's kind of everybody. Um, so like that, everybody really do that? that I do, that. I do a that little bit, but not really. the thing with me. I, I can't work unless I'm, I'm under the gun. I can't, but then I also will like, oh, it's, it's going to be late. I I'm, just assume that. I'm the opposite. Literally, so my job, for those of you who don't know, is like I'm the director of community engagement at our church, and a lot of my job is like taking people out and getting to know them and constantly strategizing new ways for us to do things. And so I'm constantly working all the time because that's just how my brain works. And Matt and I are literally walking the dog last night, meeting new neighbors. And he looks at me and I'm in like that zone. And he's like, what are you doing? I said, 
if you don't think I'm already sitting here memorizing the names of every person that we've talked to today and coming up with ways to connect with them as soon as this is over, you don't know me very well because I'm already planning a dog park party and it's happening. Like, that's just how, like, I can't turn off my brain unless it's bedtime and I'm, like, shutting down. Otherwise, I'm constantly thinking about my job and how I can be better and what I'm doing, and I don't even do it consciously. I do it subconsciously. Is it anxious or is it fun? Or no, it's it, fun. It's fun? It's not anxiety. I'm not in fear of losing my job. It's, I, I just, I'm excited about what we're doing and I'm motivated and energized and I'm constantly thinking about it. The only time I've ever had that, that was fun and not anxious. I have it all the time, but it's anxious. <laughs> not me. The only time I've had it when it's fun and not anxious was when I was the worship director at South Shore under John Legg. I would, I, and I just understood and knew that job I just it really I really really got it I it made total sense to me and in this job like trying to relaunch a church in a brand new like never trying to save Christianity yeah you know the job (laughs) of trying to save western Christianity while simultaneously I was I had a I had a conversation with my boss the district superintendent about because we're working on this big land sale deal and and like I you know I'm I'm a 37 year old man with a mortgage and a car payment and I have investments and yada 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 but I still you know we're all every adult is just faking it no none of us know what we're doing we're all just winging it you know and as I was talking with Bob the DS he I was like. I don't think I have ever used the word million so much in my life <laughs> as when I was appointed to this appointment. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh. I, like, it is nerve-wracking, my dude. <laughs> like, right. It keeps me up at night. Like, I'm responsible in part. I've, now, thankfully, I've got a lot of help and there's a lot of, like, super talented lawyers and realtors and I've got a lot of help. But at the end of the day, at least from like effectively the way that people look at things, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, the way that people look at things, the buck stops with the pastor. Yeah. Like, right. You I've have never been responsible for a million anything. <laughs> what are you, like, and suddenly I'm responsible yeah. for a multi-million dollar sale. Doing anything with like the hundredth day of school is a lot of hundreds of things. Millions? What? Yeah, it's crazy. No. Yeah, there is some of it for me in the, like, I know how to do this job. I know how to do it very well. And so there is some of that. Like, I just, I get it. But it's also, like, it's genuinely fun for me to sit there and, like, constantly be thinking about stuff. Well, that's that's how the worship thing was for me. I, I, I just, all, my whole job was to think about artsy, music-y things that would connect, you know, a, a crowd of people to whatever the message or the the theme or the, you know whatever the idea and the concept was and so that it was fun yeah my whole job is to be creative and talk to people and do things like this and like it's and great in, in that setting there was the safety net of hey if we don't think of anything for that week we have the default you know Three fast songs, one slow song, one closer song. You know, like, yeah. we, we can always just do the songs we know, say the things we know how to say, and that, even that is, 
because of and as part of this is because the the band that we worked with was really fun. Mm-hmm. They weren't like the most talented. Yeah. Some of them were incredibly talented. Some of them were just volunteers who played flute, and I was like, can you go buy a bass right now? I need you to play bass. <laughs> and she was Deal. like, okay, I'll try. <laughs> That's super fun. So, but it was a, it was that kind of a crap. Like, so even when it didn't work out, I knew that we had the safety net. Right. In this scenario, Not I, at all I don't case. have that safety net, and I don't, I, like, <laughs> it's anxious. We're I'm, finally like, just now starting out. to get into a rhythm, and then coronavirus then, happens. Oh, hey, we literally did our first public worship thing. And felt like great. Great about it and like, had hey, like a rhythm. Better than I hoped it would go, or better than I expected. It, it went as good as I hoped it would go. It did better than I expected it to go. <laughs> I hoped it would go one way, yeah. but I expected it to go another way, and it went the way I hoped. And yeah. now we're all quarantined. And then immediately it was like, no public gatherings, no, everybody no shut more. down. You might kill someone if you don't. Oh, okay. Cool, thanks. <laughs> I guess we won't be doing that again anytime soon. Oh, man. I'm stuck on the gluttony thing. I can. We can talk off mic. We can. Yeah. Do we want to? Do we want to wrap up and toast yeah. then? Let's See. do that. This feels like a natural end. Cool. Yeah. All right. Mm. Now, Brandon, you've already given protest to the cherry. I don't like it. You don't have to eat the cherry if you don't want to. It, this is not a gotcha podcast. Can I pretend to do it? Can we fake it? I mean, it's sure. going to be hard to fake it. You ready? Now that you've said you're going to fake it. it. Really? Wait, we have to cheers. We have to. Okay. T- everybody says it, what they're going to toast for. The you know the week or this day or the season or the whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You sound, sounds like you have an idea. I'll go first. Sure. I'm going to toast to my new dog, Bailey, and I am also going. We almost named her Olive. Yeah, we I almost think, named her Olive. I we went with Bailey instead. A much cuter name. And I'm also, I mean, you're wrong, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and I'm also going to toast to Tuesday Night Team and to my long uh, friendship with my twin, Brandon. <laughs> no. Harkening back to when she first met me and she said, hi, I'm Courtney. We're going to be best friends. Isn't that, you told that story about Grace, too. It's a, it was a very then, common theme. Hey, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. And then, but Why didn't you say because, that to me? Because I stopped oh. doing it. Because it, <laughs> You're it welcome. Unhealthy. <laughs> but within the next five minutes, there was one thing that we had in common. She was like, oh, twins. We're twins. We're best friends from life. We're twins. We're exactly the same. I'm going to hang with you all the time. <laughs> and then... And look and how that worked out. The next five minutes, she kept trying to break into my apartment. <laughs> which was my favorite that, ever. That was your no, roommate's no, fault. Dud. No, no, no. Dud. But then your roommate the would leave. The sound of the deadbolt. Open the handle. Beautiful the sound. And, and you can imagine the face on the other side. What? But one of his roommates would ref- like actively refuse to lock the door. It would beep, and so he would come home, and I'd hear the door close, and not hear the whoosh, beep, 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 and I'd be in bed, like, I don't want to get out of bed, Alec, please close the door. You have to yell. No, he, no, he wouldn't do it. Like, he actively protested. Because I would get up, like, hey, you're going to lock the door tonight? <laughs> no, no one's going to break in. I'll stop them. I'll fight them. No one's going to get in here. I'll beat them up. I'll fight them? He was a criminal justice what? major. 
and thought that he was going to save us all from the burglars. But that's how I constantly got into his apartment. There was one time where I... They don't teach you karate in criminal justice. I think the first thing in criminal justice (laughs) is probably to lock the damn door. (laughs) So then I'd just show up and I'd be sitting in their living room because the door was unlocked. You got to show up with like a baseball bat covered in uh, barbed wire. That's what I said. Like, let's just jack all of his stuff and see if he starts to lock the door. Yeah. We didn't do that. It was fun, though. All right. Anyways. Tess? Uh, I'm having a hard time this week. All right. Because uh, I just, I, I, I understand the necessity of the quarantine lockdown, but it is slowly eroding my soul. And I'm, like, pissed at everyone and just kind of just genuinely pissy about everything not optimistic and so it'll be the opposite of a cheers it'll be a lament alright a lament lamentations to the earth this needs to change quick requiem well you got about 30 more days of it at least so I will write a requiem for the extroverts yeah there you go I will play it on a I'll play on the bassoon. That's what this is. It's not a lament. It's a requiem. requiem. I won't play on the recorder. I'll play on the bassoon. I'll make it real sad. cheers requiem to the extroverts. That's good. Brandon? <laughs> um, right now my toast is, is hopefulness hmm. that I will do better as an educator in a times of change and kind of world, and I'll do it for the kids. And we're going to make good music, and we're going to be creative, and we're going to be fun and engaging and supportive of our children in a tumultuous time. Because I am content to sit at home and watch Netflix, but we're not going to do that. Because we can do better. Fuck the coronavirus. Cheers. Cheers. Here, here. Cheers. God, every time. Anybody want that one? It's a little bitter. No. Mm, well, good. It doesn't taste like a cherry. It tastes like, like grain alcohol. I feel like I made a good cherry. Grain alcohol and a cherry.